0: Frequencycast, special
1: report. Startup in progress. Hi, this is Pete. And this is Carl from Frequencycast, the UK's TV and technology podcast. In November 2011, Pete was invited to take part in an industry insight session discussing the hot topics in the broadband industry and what we can expect from tomorrow's internet. So, Pete, first off, who was there? Well, the event was put on by the
2: broadband providers Plusnet with the aim of identifying the trends and challenges for the next 12 months. The session was chaired by Matt Warman, the consumer technology editor for The Daily Telegraph, and we'll be talking to him in a moment. Also present were Daniel Booth, who is the editor of Web User Magazine, Ken Lowe, who is a leading broadband and technology blogger, Bob Pullen from Plusnet's digital care team, Ben Trimble from the quality and service team at Plusnet and Barry Zubel who's one of the Plusnet super users. And what is a uh, super user? Yeah, I was wondering what a super user was and that was actually one of my first questions. Barry apparently was a moderator of the Plusnet community forum for some time so some of our listeners might have spoken to him and he makes a lot of use of the internet.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm a super user. I actually chose my current uh, home based on the distance from the exchange so I could get a good connection. I don't want to have to wait for things to download. So, yeah, I mean, I use a a whole range of Internet services and I use them heavily.
1: That's your philosophy too, Pete, isn't it? So, what did you learn and uh, what
2: have you got to play me? The agenda was set by the FrequencyCast listeners. We sent out a tweet and a note in our newsletter asking for some comments and questions. What we're going to try to do in this show is to summarise the hot topics, go through some of your questions and hear what was said. We'll be putting the full version of the session, plus our interviews, up on the website if you want to find out more. To start with, we're going to chat to the event's host to hear what the highlights of the session were for him.
1: Remind me again, uh, who was the host?
4: Matt Woman, I'm the Consumer Technology Editor
1: for the Daily Telegraph.
2: And I wanted to know what Matt thought were the hot talking points of the session.
4: I think there are lots of trends to pick out. You can talk about whether uh, broadband uh, growth is being driven by streaming of TV, of movies, of radio, of uh, online gaming. But I think, I think one of the interesting things that came out was that PlusNet really didn't give the impression that their network was coming apart at the seams. We get the impression sometimes in in some coverage that broadband demand is so enormous that uh, networks can't cope. What PlusNet was saying was if you have a properly managed network, as obviously they they would claim theirs is, then you can manage demand, you can give people certainly what they pay for and also what they want in terms of broadband service. That means that most people are able to stream, to download, to, to do whatever it is they think they need to do.
1: Okay, lots to talk about then. If I got it right, uh, the session was put together by Plusnet, the good, honest Yorkshire folk. These are the guys that actually have their own proper call centre, aren't they?
2: Yep, they pride themselves in having a Yorkshire call centre rather than outsourcing to another country.
1: Yeah, we've spoken to them before, haven't we? Ah,
2: well remembered. Yes, we spoke to the COO of Plusnet back in May of this year, and we were talking, if you remember, about World IPv6 Day. Remember that?
1: Oh yes, the new IP addresses.
2: Wasn't that the day that the internet was going to break again? Not quite. If you want to hear our interview with Plusnet about IPv6, you need to be having a listen to show number 62. But to find out how IPv6 day went for Plusnet, I spoke to Bob.
0: My name is Bob Pullen. I work, as we said, for Plusnet on their digital care team. I maintain quite a close feedback loop, or at least try to, between what's being said about Plusnet out there uh, on the internet and uh, what guys are doing at uh, Plusnet's house in Sheffield. So,
1: how did IPv6 day go for Plusnet?
0: IPv6 day, it went well. The the network performed as it should do. My IPv6 connection certainly worked, which is, more than I could have hoped for, really. Uh, and we had some novel uh, uses uh, that our customers uh, put out there, one in particular being a, an IPv6 cat feeder, which, uh, which, which was, was used to some degree by people, as, uh, as the cat found out, with the mountain of food that was left next to its bowl towards, towards the end of the day. So.
2: Yeah, I've heard there's some complaints about cat obesity as a result of that trial. Is that fair?
0: <laughs> that's, that's very fair, yeah, quite possibly.
1: Now I know. Thanks for that. So, uh, did the thorny subject of broadband speed come up? Oh yes, quite a few times. What I thought was interesting
2: was that only a tiny percentage of internet users actually make use of the faster speeds or their maximum download limit. I asked Matt from the Daily Telegraph for his views on when we're going to see speed becoming a really big deal.
4: Well, I think we're going to see an extrapolation of that trend. We're going to see more and more people uh, using the web in every aspect of their daily life. That that's not necessarily to say that networks are going to fall over any day now. I think uh, with events such as the Olympics coming up, with uh, increasing use of TV for big events such as that, then we are going to see an awful lot more happening. But the networks uh, do know that the Olympics is coming. It, it's not going to be a huge surprise to them, and we've already had the. Work World Cup and and events like that where we've seen this growth coming. I think we'll see a lot more of it, but we won't see anything that will shock and and surprise the people that need to plan the capacity.
2: Obviously, we've moved on since the days of dial-up, but if you want faster internet now then you have to step up to a fibre service. Plusnet and BT offer up to 40 megabits of fibre, and Virgin can go as high as 100 megabits. But do we really need to surf at that kind of speed?
4: Well it's very much a chicken and egg situation isn't it? If you haven't got uh, these impressive speeds then you can't use or invent the services that need those speeds so we're, we're nudging towards it whether it's uh, more streaming of HDTV, the ultra high definition that's coming further down the line, um, better video games streamed more effectively online and multiplayer and all of those things but Of course, if those things are coping on a 5, 6, 7 meg line, then do you really need anything higher? Um, We will get those speeds because it's it's the infrastructure that is being put in, and when those uh, speeds come, I think we will see a whole range of services, but we'll also see a lot of services that are just what we've got now, but souped up, whether that's Skype, where you've got the sort of, it's on your 47-inch plasma TV, or whether it is video games that are just in infinitely more realistic, but all of this stuff is not going to happen very quickly until we've got the infrastructure because of that chicken and egg problem.
2: In previous shows, we've reviewed services such as Apple TV and BT Vision, offering on-demand TV content. We've also got the iPlayer and Google TV, of course, and services such as UView and Netflix due to launch soon. So does Matt think the future of the internet has changed forever?
4: I think more and more online is the straightforward answer. Um, what you see, especially in younger households, is far less TV being watched when it's broadcast. And that doesn't necessarily mean people are terribly organised and stocking up what they're going to watch for the weekend. It quite often means that people will try and get home for nine o'clock and think they'll have recorded something anyway so they're just time shifting it by 15 minutes or something like that but increasingly if that happens on the internet then it makes everyone's lives that bit simpler but it except uh, if you're a network where it makes everything much more complicated because you've got to provide the bandwidth for everyone watching tv because that's what they might want to do online It, it is it is a big problem but it's not a big surprise
2: There was a lot of discussion about whether the internet is actually a commodity. Is it right to expect good quality internet access in the same way as we expect to get mains gas, electricity and water?
4: I think broadband is something that whether you need to be uh, paying a bill or interacting with government, filling in your tax return, that sort of thing, people increasingly demand that that is done online. Now, if you're going to make it that sort of a a necessity, then inevitably, like water, like gas, it's going to become a commoditised service in some way or other. Um, What we see, though, is companies such as Sky, such as BT, wanting to add services on top of it so that Even if the the core service is basically a commodity product, you get extra things packed on top of it.
1: Interestingly enough, listeners Mark Garnett and Rob Dixon got in touch about the controversial subject of up to speeds. What are you up to? What's that about? Well this is quite controversial.
2: When you order your internet connection you'll typically go to a website like BT or Plusnet or Orange or O2 and you'll see advertised prices and rates. Typically things like up to 20 megabits a second, up to 40 megabits a second or with Virgin up to 100 megabits per second. But when you actually get your broadband installed you find you get significantly less than that. So this is download speeds is it? That's correct yeah. Right okay. And as you can expect, a lot of people get very upset when they find they only get one or two megs of broadband when they think they're paying for 20.
1: Yeah, so I hear a lot about that. Lots of unhappy people not able to get the speeds they've paid for. And that was a hot topic for the Insight session.
4: Well, there's been a huge amount of controversy about up-to speeds because uh, literally, in some cases, the up-to speed that's advertised is a speed that no one could ever get. Um, The change uh, is that now a percentage of people, a very low percentage, just 10%, uh, are going to have to be able to get that speed if a a service is advertised as up-to. Now... I think uh, there will be a sort of sanitising effect across the industry of of that. Um, But uh, it's still going to be something that winds consumers up a lot. Where I think we're going to see a diminishing of its importance is just because people are going to get services through natural upgrades from ISPs that mean that they're coming up against that slowing much less often and much less obviously. So there is going to be some progress on that, but I think a lot of consumers are still going to be fairly cross and legitimately So that you buy an up to 24 meg package and then when they give you your personal estimate, well, six is all you're ever going to get.
1: So what about some of our listeners' questions? Mark Garnett asked about broadband sharing with other users. And Mark Hawkins asked, why don't UK ISPs offer a more managed network service? i.e. preventing peer-to-peer connections and blocking access to sites connected with malware. Is that right? Malware? Absolutely.
2: So that's the suggestion that the broadband providers actually take control of the network to stop nasty things happening and unauthorized file sharing, that kind of thing. We did actually touch on that in the session, although it does remind me of the days of AOL and Kix, where you were effectively in a walled garden and the ISP controlled everything. Not really sure we want to be going back to those days, but I agree there is certainly a place for the ISP to take a bit more control.
1: So hold on a minute, with all these people going online, and oh, we've got the Olympics coming up as well, is this all going to get clogged up? Well, that's the
2: danger, and Plusnet were telling us about various traffic spikes. Here's a quick extract from the session.
5: You've got two different um, things you can have. You've got the general increase in streaming services, things like YouTube iPlayer, they are regularly increasing on a week-by-week basis. We regularly see them you know, breaking their um, you own know, previous bests, as it were. You then also have the one-off events, things like the uh, the Manchester United versus Man City game. Um, a lot of people happen to watch that because they may only have access to Sky Go if someone else was hogging the TV or if there was some reason why they weren't watching it at home. So you need to always keep in mind the, the general increase and the one-off events and just make sure that you're covered for both of those. Mm. And we are um, bringing forward the bandwidth that would have been allocated in 2013 through to 2012 to make sure that we do have sufficient
2: bandwidth. Apologies for the quality of the audio there, that was recorded at the session itself. We were talking there about a steady increase in the requirements for bandwidth over the coming years, but what about spikes in traffic? There are plenty of anecdotes out there about the electricity companies struggling when the adverts come on between Coronation Street and the sudden demand for electricity goes up as people put the kettle on. We get a similar phenomenon with the internet and in particular, as Carl mentioned earlier, events like football matches and the Olympics. We spoke to one of the other guys at Plusnet to find out a little bit more about how spikes affect our internet use.
5: My name is Ben Trimble. I work in the Quality and Service Management team. We look after many aspects of the service, most notably the broadband network, making sure that there's enough provision bandwidth for all of our customers to use.
2: Now, we had the recent iOS 5 rollout, uh, where everyone's patching their iPads and iPhones furiously. What kind of
5: impact did that have on your network? Uh, It did have a noticeable increase in the amount of traffic that went over uh, the Akamai content distribution network. Uh, It was around 10% of the total network bandwidth that evening was the iOS 5 update itself. And we also saw interesting trends, things like approximately quadrupling in the amount of downloads for music. So often while people were updating their iPad or their iPhone, phone. They were actually going on iTunes at the same time and looking to get a few more songs while they were there. So we had the knock on effect of uh, the extra usage from that.
2: So did Apple give you any warning this was going to happen or did you just suddenly start seeing all the alarm bells flashing and uh, people hitting their download buttons?
5: We make sure that we keep a good eye on the news um, and all things like sport listings to make sure that we have the network capacity available for all of these upcoming events. Uh, And we had blogged online about the iOS 4 upgrade from last year and we saw the effect that that had. This one was much, much larger, but it was still something that we were prepared for, although perhaps a little bit more notice from Apple about the size of uh, of the update would have been appreciated. Uh, In
2: the discussion today, there was lots of talk about speeds. The up to always comes up and we had some questions in from our listeners about this. Can you just give me an explanation as to why it isn't possible to, to perhaps guarantee some of these higher speeds for customers?
5: We provide the highest speed possible for any of the customers on the particular provision service that they use. The up to headline speeds are based on somebody living very close to the exchange with a fault-free service and a very short, perfect quality line. In more recent times, we've moved away from that advertising um, to advertise other aspects of the products. And we make sure that during sign-up, we inform customers of exactly what we expect their download speed to be. And shortly after their service has gone active, we send them another email to let them know exactly what their download speed is. So if there is any big discrepancy, we're always more than happy to look into that for them, make sure any faults are found and rectified so they get the best speed possible.
2: And generally speaking the bottleneck is those little bits of copper wire down the street is that where the
5: uh, the limiting factor is for the majority of customers that's right um, with the traditional up to 8 megabit per second network and on the up to 20 megabit per second network the copper is the uh, the main reason in the reduction speeds mainly because of the different technologies that are in use you go from a digital signal over your fiber networks up to the exchange but after that it's down to an analog signal over the copper which is always going to suffer from degradation based on the length and quality of the line but we're now moving to fiber services both fiber to the cabinet where you're reducing the length of the copper cable and also using newer technology which is vdsl as opposed to adsl to provide faster speeds and also fiber to the premises where you keep the digital signal all the way to the house which allows speeds of uh, currently up to 100 meg our first customer actually reported 107 meg so we did quite well there Wow. Okay. So,
2: 107 megabits per second. What do people want to be using that kind of bandwidth for?
0: At the moment, I don't think uh, there's a great deal of uh, content distribution out there that would make use of of such a headline speed. I think it's long been ingrained in consumers' minds that it is all about speed, the broadband. I've probably when I think it's more about sort of, uh, the content that's being delivered. At the moment, even HD streams, iPlayer and as such, they're only really going to push sort of 4, 4.5 meg out, out of your line at any one time. But for a normal residential household to be using 100 meg of bandwidth, they'd have to be doing something pretty special. Presumably that could change, looking at the trends. Out
2: of the blue, we saw things like the iPlayer come along that must have uh, hit the network fairly hard when people suddenly started going away from traditional linear TV you <laughs> to
0: downloading content. Absolutely, and I think that is is exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Again, the requirement is for the technology to be there in the first place, so a lot of it is infrastructure dependent at the moment, and until sort of the vast majority of people can get these uh, much faster fibre optic services and the the 1,400 meg variants, then I don't think we'll see a huge drive from the content providers to supply that. But yes, certainly the, the content providers are going to follow suit with the infrastructure. As it becomes more available, yes, we are going to see these higher bandwidth services particular service springing to mind being uh, the on live uh, sort of streaming gaming service that's that's come about recently the uptake in that has been since it came across this side of the pond quite significant we've got over a million subscribers I think they, they last reported as having that's probably going to sap even more bandwidth than you'd expect a, a HDI player stream to, to use. You're probably looking in the region of five, perhaps six meg of bandwidth. And so perhaps as people do take up services like that, yes, we are going to see these sort of 40 and 100 meg connections being stretched a little bit further, perhaps with two, three people simultaneously gaming, using online or something like that. I'd certainly expect that to be the case.
2: Next we turn to Barry who's one of Plusnet's super users. If you remember from earlier, he chose his house based on the available bandwidth in his area. So we asked Barry if he makes the maximum use of his bandwidth.
3: Not necessarily. I mean I have a decent connection and uh, what I like to do is use it on demand when I want to use it. I want to be able to to stream right now, I don't want to have to wait for things to download. So yeah, I mean, I use a whole range of internet services, and I use them heavily. Fair enough.
2: So you're on an unlimited plan, presumably?
3: Not at all. I'm actually on a fairly limited plan with PlusNet. I do have some additional products added to my account to make it faster to use, and I also take advantage of their overnight free usage, so I can actually delay the download of certain things. The overnight download policy, just remind us of what that is, and can you give us any
2: kind of indication as to how heavily that's used?
5: All of our current product set includes a free download time between midnight and 8am so that's a completely unlimited download so they don't count towards your monthly usage and there's no cap whatsoever on the amount that you can download. Every day when we come in to have a look at the traffic graphs, we see a spike at midnight where everyone turns their downloads on. Bearing in mind, things have been quietening down from about 10 or 11 o'clock at night when people start to go to bed. We probably see around a 25 to 40% increase in the total traffic from just before midnight to just after when everyone switches that on.
2: A nice little service for those that like to do a lot of of out-of-hours downloading. Our final question to the team from Plusnet relates to the future of the internet and where we can see things going over the next 12 months. Here's Bob.
0: I would say probably uh, some of the key sporting events, particularly next year, and uh, further advancing the development of streaming services and, and content providers. It will certainly be interesting to see where OnLive goes and if the healthy take-up continues throughout next year, because I can see that being a big consumer of bandwidth. Um, there is the introduction of further TV services like uh, UView in particular, I don't expect the usage with uh, iPlayer, uh, YouTube and Sky Streaming services to be decreasing at all. I can see those those increasing a lot. Same question to the
3: super user. My money's on Netflix. Netflix has been announced for the UK. In the US, currently in peak time, it uses around 30, 33% of all internet traffic. And I think that's going to be a big one for 2012 in the UK.
5: Okay, and Ben? I think that we can see a, a very steady increase in the streaming services over the next few years, but I think that we're also seeing a bit of a cultural shift with how people consume the content. So instead of people being reliant on their favourite programmes being on when they come in on an evening from work, they, people are getting more used to watching the programmes at their own leisure, so I think that will certainly drive the demand for streaming content. However, the introduction of on live is a, a bigger challenge, because not only do you have to deliver large amounts of bandwidth to support the applications you also need to provide it at a very low latency which is something that our network is certainly built um, to provide and but will provide definite interesting scaling challenges as that becomes more and more popular.
2: Thanks very much chaps we'll take a look back in 12 months time and see just how right you were. Well there you have it that's our look at the Plusnet session thanks very much to Matt Warman for chairing and to Daniel, Ken, Ben, Bob and Barry for such a lively debate. Yep, and thanks too to all our listeners for supplying the questions. And to Natalie and the team at Kazoo for putting on the Plusnet Industry Insight session.
1: Yep, and thank you very much everyone, that's brilliant. And if you want to hear the full session from November, uh, you can find a recording lasting just over one hour available for download right now.
2: Yes, if you're interested in the future of the internet, this is an excellent listen and discusses streaming TV, plans for the Olympics, more on up to speeds the internet as a
1: commodity, and what's around the corner. Yep, you'll find the full audio, more on Plusnet, plus a transcript at www.frequencycast.co.uk forward slash Plusnet. We'll also be using some extracts of this feature in our December show. Frequencycast Show 70, that's the one to listen to. Thanks for
2: listening to our review of the Plusnet Insight Session. If it's your first time listening to Frequencycast, perhaps give our main show a listen. Here's a sample of what we do.
1: What have you got
2: there? This is the hottest bit of kit.
1: Usually the station, uh, Ham Radio, is operated by those uh, astronauts that stay on station several months at a time. Have the top-up TV
4: anytime box. We are absolutely disgusted
3: with the service.
4: We're measuring Carl's EEG. His retention level was in sort of the bottom third.
3: I think he's a lost cause, in all honesty.
2: And in breaking news, it looks like a new Freeview HD channel will be with us soon. This
1: year's European Podcast Award 2010.
0: The winner for the non profit is frequency cast.
1: After
4: 200 yards, turn right.
1: We've just officially been given the world record for the lightest touchscreen mobile phone in the world.
5: I can send a
2: text to frequency cast for you. That's true, I can now control my TV
1: from my iPhone. Now, it's a darkened room you live in, isn't it, normally?
5: Hi there, I'm Susie Perry from The Gadget Show, listening to frequency cast.
1: Each show we cover the latest in TV and tech news as well as looking at new products and services and answering listeners' emails. Our shows are free and you can get new shows automatically from iTunes or your favourite podcatcher. Keep your ears open for our next tantalising take on technology at www.frequencycast.co.uk
0: Frequencycast. Special report. Shutdown complete.